And it seems that in this very technical world, we're losing more and more control of the outcomes. Sure. Hurry up and wait. And for what you're waiting for? Hard to know. It might be just like when you're on the internet and you're in the middle of something really important and you're so excited and then the whole thing crashes from overuse. You feel slighted. I feel angry. You're listening to The Sill Podcast with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 118, pH Factor. Hurry up and wait. The reason I'm calling today is we've had a power failure and my internet is down. I've gone through the whole routine, so you don't have to ask me a lot of questions. I've rebooted, I've rebooted my computer, I've rebooted the modem. I've done all the usual steps. So what information do you need from me? Thank you, sir. Thank you for calling. I'd be happy to help you with your problem. Um, First of all, do you have internet? (laughs) Of course, that's why I'm calling you. Very good. And if you tried uh, booting and rebooting... Well, I've already told you that. Uh, We've been through that. I I explained to you that I've done all that. Typically, what I do at this point is I give you my postal code and my phone number. Do you want that information? No. What kind of computer do you have, sir? I've got a Mac. A Mac? Yes, Mac operating system. I don't believe I've heard of that type of computer, sir. (laughs) Uh, But that's okay. We can certainly work with this issue, with this problem. Before you continue, please let me know... Is there a problem in my area? I will give you the postal code. It's L9W. L9W? 5B6. 5-6-6. 5-B as in Bob 6. Bob? L5 Bob? Come on. I'm sorry, sir. Please, could you repeat that more slowly? L9W. L-Y? L9W. Bob? No, come on. Listen. May I call you Bob, sir? My name is Peter. Peter. Thank you, Peter. How can I help you? Okay, first of all, first of all, look, I don't want to go through this again. We've gone through the steps. All I need from you right now is to tell me whether or not there's a problem in my area. Okay? It depends on which area you're speaking of. Are you speaking of from the neck up or are you speaking of the waist down? Okay, listen. Sir, listen. We need to be precise here in order to to solve this issue. I'm going to give you the. This is the normal procedure when I call in for this type of assistance. They usually ask me for my phone number and my postal code. My postal code is L as in Larry, 9W as in what, 5B as in Bob, 6. Well, let me say this, Larry. Uh, no, no, that's not my, my name. My brother, Bob, uh, got me this job here Listen. in the call center, and I'm doing my best, sir. Okay, okay. So um, let me just be straight. So you're, you've got um, a Macintosh uh, Toffee computer. No, computer. Uh, your your uh, postal code is B- Larry Bob. No. Larry Bob. L9W. But let me, this, have you tried shutting off your computer? Taking it out into the snow for five minutes and bringing it back in. (laughs) 
it was hard for me to ask you a question because I was trying not to laugh. Obviously, your responses were a little bit exaggerated, but that's not that off sometimes what you actually get when you make these types of calls. Yes. It's all about getting immediate answers and immediate service in response to my issues, my problems. So Mm -hmm. what's the issue? The issue is time. The issue is I need to have it completed and responded to now. Right. So this waiting around, this being on hold, this having to repeat oneself Mm -hmm. is extremely annoying in our world. And uh, we have no patience for it anymore, as it turns out. We've kind of launched into the meat of this topic already, but to let you know that what we're talking about is this notion of waiting, that we're waiting for so many things in life, and what do we do at that time? As it turns out, the statistic that I turned up was that the average person throughout their lifetime spends, listen to this, five years Mm -hmm. waiting in lines and queues, Right. but six months of that waiting at traffic lights. Mm -hmm. So we spend five years in that place where what happens? We get anxious. We We hurry up and wait. Impatient. We have to hurry up and wait. We're waiting for results from the doctor. We're waiting for the check in the mail. Mm -hmm. We're waiting for that right person to come along. We're waiting in so many different levels. Yes. We're waiting for the Messiah in some cases, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when you think Mm -hmm. about this whole notion of being impatient and waiting, You have to look at religion at some point in the process because the Christian religion promises a Messiah and we're waiting for that special appearance. Yeah, and half the time we don't even know what we're really waiting for because it's not something tangible. Yeah, and you can't discount how important that is psychologically Mm -hmm. when you grow up in a society that is steeped in that kind of religion with that expectation at the core of the religion, that there's something coming up ahead, and we just have to be patient in the right way and wait and be good boys and girls, Mm -hmm. and then this thing will happen. So that translates into our personal lives. This waiting for something, we're not sure what it is that's going to show up, Mm -hmm. but we know something is up ahead. But the real big trigger, though, is technology. Yeah. Religion, death, time, these are concepts, these are things that we were dealing with already. Yeah. But we've exacerbated that many-fold sure. with technology. Mm-hmm. We expect things to happen quickly. In fact, some recent studies showed uh, they did a study of 2,200 people in the UK. Mm-hmm. And specifically with the younger millennials and Generation Y and X. And people just looking to stream a film or a TV show. Yeah. If whatever they were looking for, whatever button they were pressing, if there was no response within two seconds... of the people that were actually looking for whatever they were looking for moved on. At five seconds, it increased to 25%. Yeah. And by 10 seconds, if they were not getting a response within 10 seconds, fully 50% of all the people that were searching just left it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 10 seconds. Mm. The expectations have so exceeded anything that we even imagined 15, 20 years ago. Hey, we order something on Amazon, we expect it yesterday. (laughs) And now the funny thing about Amazon specifically, what gets me about that is, it's not just the expectation of the quick delivery. You could have been waiting or holding off a particular purchase for weeks and months. Suddenly, it becomes important that you get it in one day instead of two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My point to all this is that, yes, 
there are different situations, different expectations, but I believe that we create our own stress levels. Right. I, I don't right. believe that it's just yeah. induced by the environment or by the conditions that we live in. No, of course, it's psychological. Look at, I mean, we have been dissecting and bisecting time since the beginning of clock making prior to that, right. where time is something that ticks away. Mm -hmm. Time is something that's in scarce supply. You have a bottle of it, mm -hmm. which is your life. And so you're sitting in line or standing in line. Five years of that lifetime is dripping away as you're quote unquote waiting for the bank teller to hurry up and finish their transaction mm -hmm. with the customer ahead of you so you can get to the front of the line. Add to that the 25 years that you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, right. It looks pretty grim. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's really this whole connection to our life and our perceived length of life, our preoccupation with death, actually. Yeah, look, at if I'm standing in line and I feel that it's a kind of a, a useless mm -hmm. activity, I feel like I'm watching my life drip away and without any meaning to it, without imbuing it with any energy or intention when I could actually do that. So what I found myself doing at a certain point when I was standing in line in a bank one time mm. and getting really pissed off and anxious, etc., mm -hmm. mm -hmm. as I said to myself, there's a particular reason why I'm being made to wait in this line, is there something in this room I'm supposed to notice? Is it something about someone in the room I should connect with or maybe communicate to? Mm -hmm. Why is it that I'm being put in this place where nothing, quote unquote, nothing seems to be happening quickly? <laughs> There's an opportunity here. What is the opportunity here mm -hmm. that I should be aware of given that I've been put in this place? So it's a way of actually doing something with the waiting time and, and not stewing in it. Yes. And there's two things that you mentioned. There. The first one that I'd like to address is the fact that you called it a useless activity. Yep. So this is also a psychological issue based on fact. And the fact is research has shown that people who enjoy what they do mm -hmm. don't have the same anxiety or preoccupation with time wastage. Yeah, right? sure. So if you enjoy what you do, that's part of the process. The time between things is part of your enjoyment. And you brought up an example earlier today. Yeah, so the example I brought up was I'm imagining I'm at a reading by Margaret Atwood or something, and I'm really enjoying what she's reading, and I go and buy her book afterwards, and I want to have it signed. Mm -hmm. And she's up there at the table, and there's like 15 people ahead of me. Well, I'm not standing in that line stewing about there being a long lineup, I'm anticipating right. you're that enjoying, you're I'm enjoying, enjoying this, yeah. the totality of the experience from the reading to the signing of my book. And all of that is part of the experience that I'm really enjoying. Whereas in some other situations, you know, I don't know, maybe it's waiting in a doctor's office or at a government uh, agency, you're there mm -hmm. for different reasons. Right. And so it's harder to connect in a sense mm -hmm. uh, compared to an event like that. Even people who do have time, let's say that you have a segment of your day where you've actually got nothing planned or nothing specific that you have to do. Right. So for the first moment in this day, you actually have an hour or two that you can dedicate to whatever you want. Yep. Now, there's an opportunity, as you called it. The opportunity could also be to have silence, mm -hmm. to contemplate whatever. Yep. But a lot of people, as soon as they have any time... 
they feel this need or inclination to fill it up with things. Right. Even though there's nothing on the agenda, they're going to create an agenda. Yeah, well, it's the typical type A personality that if they're not doing something, they feel useless in the world. Mm -hmm. you know? And there's a certain beneficial element to that. We need type A personalities to make things happen in the world and get it done and do it now. Mm -hmm. But we also need the other type of personality, the more of the dreamer type, to take those moments of silence as opportunities to contemplate and mm -hmm. to be creative inwardly. Being creative inwardly may seem like doing nothing to type A personalities, but it is very active. It's very real. And, and do you know that, again, research shows that people are most creative in times of boredom or doing nothing. Mm -hmm. That's when the creative juices really kick in, which is an indication of the way our brain works. Yeah. We are obsessed with multitasking now, mm -hmm. when in fact studies show that we do much better overall when we pick an activity and see it through. Right. Mm -hmm. right? From a creative and from a productive aspect. Right. Once you're anxious, you're no longer thinking clearly. You're no longer productive. Yeah. And we've had it drummed into us for a long time in our capitalistic culture mm -hmm. <laughs> that, quote unquote, time is money, boy. Right. Time is money. They pay me for my time at work. So I can't waste it, quote unquote. I can't waste time. It's money. So if you're just sort of standing around waiting, you feel the anxiety because time is supposed to be worth something. Mm -hmm. When in fact, time is this abstract concept. It's not worth a damn thing. Right. <laughs> in and well, of itself, we, we've right? created that. Yes. In order to coincide with or attach ourselves to the structure that we've created that requires time in order for it to work. Right. And that structure that requires time is based upon habitual activity that is regulated by time. Mm -hmm. And our memories are kind of little encapsulations of events in time. So, for example, if I go to a bank and it's not busy, and then I get quick service, and then I go back a week later, and if the place is packed and it takes me a half an hour to get to a teller, mm -hmm. I'm royally pissed. I'm really anxious because my memory has created a habit mm -hmm. that this place needs to be unchanged. It needs to be exactly the way it was the first time. You're comparing it to. Yeah. So we have this comparing going on constantly. Mm -hmm. And we expect because it was fast the last time, it will be fast this time. So here we are in this world of impatience. Yeah. This quick response to things, quick shipping, the inability to wait for a few seconds for a program to open, our expectations of immediate responses on telephones, service in a cafe. We've become a very impatient culture. Right. And so the powers that be, the commercial enterprises, the governments, these tech giants, they've built in now mm -hmm. little systems that address that psychological anxiety. Yes. For example, two examples. Online, when a page is loading in, you often get this little whirly symbol, mm -hmm. right? And I think without that whirly symbol, I'd be more anxious than if I could see that it's whirling because- if Showing I, progress. It's showing, yes, it's gonna load any moment now. Mm -hmm. It's in process, but if I didn't see that, I wouldn't know how long it would take. The other example is at certain crosswalks. You press the button to change the light and you think, ooh, 
the light system has registered that there's a pedestrian right. that is wanting to cross. I've notified and them. It's, yes, and now it's going to change the light to let me across. Well, it turns out that something like 90% of those buttons are completely detached yes. from the traffic light system. They're not doing a damn thing. It's a placebo. It's a placebo. And there's a certain percentage of the traffic light systems that do respond, mm-hmm. but most do not. <laughs> Which to me is so deceptive. And I've had that impression or that feeling for the longest time that pressing that button was just absolutely meaningless. But despite it being meaningless, it did appease you in some way before you knew that there was a psychology. Yeah, of course. And the psychology to me is very clear yeah. that the feeling you got originally was that you were in control. That's right. That's right. And, and it's it is about being in control because yeah. waiting for something means you're passive. Exactly. Something is going to happen to you. The world is going to exactly. do something and then you're going to be engaged. It's not you taking the reins. Mm-hmm. So you feel helpless. Yes. You feel anxious. You feel time is money. Time is running out. My life is running out as we speak. I'm not a young chicken anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the age of 68, to waste an hour in line at a bank to me, is more meaningful maybe than if I were in my 20s. Oh, absolutely. Again, it's a psychology as well. It's our preoccupation with death. Yeah. It's always there, subliminally or obviously, it's always there that our time here is limited and we're trying to maximize. But this obsession also, when you combine that with the obsession of control, Mm -hmm. many Mm -hmm. things which we have no control over. And it seems that in this very technical world, we're losing more and more control of the outcomes. Sure, hurry up and wait. And for what you're waiting for, hard to know. It might be just like when you're on the internet and you're in the middle of something really important and you're so excited and then the whole thing crashes from overuse. You feel slighted. I feel angry. Yes. something has been done to me when and it hasn't been done to me at all, actually. It's a computer. It's an inanimate object mm-hmm. that has responded to your particular stimuli. Right. Right? Sure. Which was excessive in some form. Well, not even my stimuli. It's just the sum total of all the people right. hitting this website might crash it. So it's not just me, but I feel like... I might have done something, or if I feel like I've done nothing, I'm even more pissed off because it's like the system just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So Again, it's loss of control. Yeah. Box, box. Wait for it. 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 It's coming. It's coming. Wait for it. It's coming. Box, box. Think about this too. Think about the origination of the word to wait. It comes from, as it turns out, old northern French, waitier. Okay. Right? Which is related to waking. So in the early sense, you'd use that word, you'd say, I'm lying in wait for. Ah. Which means to observe carefully and to be watchful. 
So that's where that whole thing of what am I supposed to be experiencing here? What should I be watchful about in this waiting okay. zone? Yeah. Right. So I think we need to buy into that original definition more. Also, when you think about a waiter who waits upon people, they're doing service. Yes. And their job is to wait until the need is being asked for or being addressed, mm -hmm. and then they can come in and do something. So it's an actual function, mm -hmm. which is part of daily living, as opposed to being something that we need to fight against. Yeah, maybe in standing in line, instead of getting pissed off and anxious, we think to ourselves, how should I be of service here in my waiting? Mm -hmm. How can I be a good waiter mm -hmm. in this situation? So, <laughs> or, or how can I better utilize my time? How do I get rid of the anxiety and turn it into something more positive. Turning it into a positive energy. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a, a new idea for a book that I could think about while I'm standing in line. Mm -hmm. There's also something else that I think is part of our modern living. Yep. The things that keep you from very, very simple pleasures, the inability to sit in a room or have a conversation or over a dinner with friends or family without being distracted mm -hmm. by incoming we always hear of incoming in terms of a military sense. Now it's email. Incoming email, incoming messages, incoming notifications. Notifications is a subject in itself. I don't know if you've encountered this or not, but the number of notifications which you can now input into your smartphone or, or computer is such that, that you can take literally any activity and get into the minutia of the notifications. Like, for example, someone can be notified of a puck drop during a hockey game. Mm -hmm. You get a ping every time there's a face-off. As soon as a drop of rain falls in, you're notified. You're notified of things that are coming in the next minute, the next hour, the next day. You preset your calendar to remind you of things hourly, weekly, whatever. Constant, constant preoccupation with staying on top of everything. Right, which doesn't allow for waiting. Not only this allows waiting, I think it interferes with the normal enjoyment of things. Here's the other thing about waiting, too. We speak often before we think through what we want to say. We speak and blather out some nonsense when if we took a moment and waited and clarified what we really wanted to say, what would come out of our mouths would be much more useful and clear and a better communication, but we don't give ourselves that inward moment to wait before we react even. That's true. You know? And it's not only what you're doing, but it's the effect you have on others. I don't know if you've ever listened to a speaker, a public speaker, for example. The person is on stage or making a presentation of sorts. And of course, they're sometimes grasping for words or thoughts. Inevitably, you do have those lapses. And I've always admired the speaker who's able, because it is a skill and, and you can learn it, who's able to actually pause mm -hmm. rather than ooh and ah and you know his way through it or her yeah, way through it. Sure. Well, I have a great example of that actually in the arts world. Okay. There was a poetry open mic I was at a number of years ago and this fellow got up very peculiar kind of fellow, but he had this poem he was reading. And in a certain part of the poem, he said something like, and then we fell into this deep, prolonged silence. And he stopped speaking, and he was completely silent. 
it had to be a minute and a half. And you know, a minute and a half to two minutes is a hell of a long time of silence. Yes, it is. In any sort of performance, radio, television, anything, that's death. But he held that silence and the audience was in this bubble of silence for a minute and a half. And then he came out and finished the poem. There's a good example of what you're talking about. So let's do that right now. Yeah. Incredible, wasn't that? <laughs> you jumped in really quick. <laughs> too quick. I was too quick. Too quick. We've had this discussion on hurry up and wait. How do we change our approach, our internal mechanisms? Well, if you're of our age, we are in our 60s, we could remember back to the days of analog. Yeah. To the days when I met my wife we ended up writing letters to each other, physical letters that got put in the mail, and we'd wait a week and get the letter and read it and respond to it. And a week later, they'd get it, and then they'd send it, and then a week later, so two weeks between communications. Right. And it was a way of deepening our relationship right off the start, because you can communicate in a long-form letter much more intimately in a way than in a quick email. And so to wait for the responding letter mm -hmm. from the loved one, the one who is, you feel this incredible energy and connection with, that was a very powerful thing, that waiting. The anticipation. Yeah. So to remind ourselves that to wait is not a bad thing at all. It gives you an opportunity to deepen your thinking about whatever it is or to create something new that you hadn't created before in that space. Yes, and you, and you as a writer would appreciate this more, but even the process of writing yeah. by hand or long form, you have more time to contemplate what you're writing. You have more time to assess, to change, to modify, yeah. to reduce or increase, depending on what it is that you're trying to address. I have an even simpler one, and that would be the art or the ability to say no. Okay. I think that we also have created a world where it's difficult or people think it's difficult to say no to things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For example? For example, someone asks you to do something for them specifically that, A, you either do not really want to do, but you feel socially obligated to, or you feel compelled to do, but it's not necessary that you do it. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, thank you, but no thank you, Either I've got too much on my plate or it's not something I care to engage in right now. We end up saying yes when really you don't want to say yes. And then now you have another thing that you've added to your list, yeah. which you could have very easily avoided. Sure. And just even the very act of responding to a request like that, you feel like you can't wait when you get an email or a text. If you wait a day to get back to them, that's like waiting a year. That's this way too long for most people to get a response, right? Exactly. So you don't allow yourself to wait and think about what they're saying and to respond accordingly. You send a quick response and it isn't necessarily reflective of how you really feel or what you really prefer to do. Exactly. So, Which um, is what you used to get, mm -hmm. i.e. with what you described, a simple letter. Yeah. You had time. That's right. Right. In the process of time and oftentimes even what you just described there, I use it in my daily work. Yeah. This response time to either messages or email, mm -hmm. you can receive it. You can be notified of it. It doesn't mean that you have to respond immediately. Right. Sure. You have time to reflect. And as you said, more often than not, your response is quite different. Yeah. When you have time to go over it and sure. think about it. Yeah. 
And the other thing, if we're talking about ways to deal with the anxiety of waiting, I mean, you could also bring meditation into your life on a regular basis so that in general, you can calm your system down and meet the world, this anxious, busy world, with a more calm inner center. Right. right? So people meditate, people do yoga. All of these things are designed to kind of slow the whole thing down, to make you wait in a way inwardly mm-hmm. and to stew and to recenter and not be as affected by the noise. There's something else that comes to my mind too, is a very simple one as well. And that is instead of using the available technology to communicate quick and easy and so on, is you actually set up face-to-face time. Yeah. So instead of a quick message or emailing back and forth, we actually say, hey, why don't we meet? Yeah at a cafe or at the house, and let's sit down face to face. Sure. Yeah, that's a good one. And the other good one, and you mentioned it earlier today, when you're talking about the frustration people have when they get on the blower to the IT department of a particular company, and you get very impatient with the person on the other line who is simply trying to do their job most of the time, taking your information, being methodical and following protocols, and we're getting more and more impatient. We just want our problem solved, damn it, to remind ourselves that this is another human being just trying to do their work and to actually find some goodwill towards them. And it's not all about me, me, me. It's about us. It's a relationship. Exactly. And I would add one other thing to that. People don't always tell you, especially under the anonymity of a phone call or a distant situation where you can't physically see what the other person is doing. Right. It behooves you to be nice or as nice as you can be because a person is like the equivalent of you giving a waiter a really hard time and then ordering something and God knows what's happening to your food. But it's the same thing with right IT. Into the soup. <laughs> same thing with IT, like call centers, as we had discussed in call centers, for example. Yeah. We know that there are situations where there's hundreds of people in a call center and they will actually hang up the phone on you. Yeah, they'll just drop you from the line. And you have no way of verifying whether nope. it was an accident. Nope. Or, no way. Right? Yeah. Because when you call back, you're not going to get the same person again. That's right. So chances are that that individual just can't deal with you anymore, has had enough, and just hangs up. Now you're many times over as That's aggravated. Right. And you have to wait longer to get your problem solved, right? Because this a-hole on the other end here didn't want to be bothered to try right. to sort it out. You know. Right. So there are both sides to the coin. In other words, we have to treat each other with respect and dignity and consideration. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, there are a-holes in the world, but I think rethink the whole nature of our relationship to time and our lives and the meaning of these five plus years that we're going to spend, no matter what you do, Mm -hmm. waiting in line, waiting for the check, waiting for the test results, waiting for my wife to finish talking about this so I can talk about that, you know, all of these things that create such anxiety in us or tend to, really we have to take ownership of it, as we've said, and really change the energy of that. And it is a vicious circle because once you become impatient, and we all do at points, our ability to listen really diminishes. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is listening other than a kind of deep and profound waiting? I'm the waiter. I'm serving your need to express yourself by listening very carefully and not trying to jump in too soon. That's a good, positive way of waiting, that form of listening. 
And if you do practice it and you are able to achieve it, yeah. you actually shorten the time required to get at whatever you're trying to get That's, at. Yes. Because there's no repetition involved. That's right. Or misrepresentation or miscommunication or speaking too soon. We're listening. We're waiting. We're doing the service mm -hmm. of being considerate to the other person's need to complete their thought. Yes. We don't often let people complete their thought. Very true. We want to jump in. And this has certainly been a good practice for both of us doing this podcast, hasn't it? Sure, absolutely. To kind of listen and allow each other to make their full argument mm -hmm. doesn't always happen. And sometimes one person could take a fair while to think through and to communicate what they really want to say, but we don't often give them that consideration to let them do that and just shut up, you know, right. and wait. Mm -hmm. Just wait. It's okay. I thought it was hurry up and wait, but it's <laughs> shut up and wait. Shut up. That's even better. Shut up and wait. <laughs> so there you go. Again, we really would appreciate your feedback. Absolutely. On any level, good, bad, changes that you'd like to see or subject that you'd like to hear. We have our website at thesillpodcast.com. And we also have the ability to accept voice messages from you. So if you don't feel like typing, you can record a voice message. And if you send along an interesting comment and you seem like an interesting individual, we may contact you and have you on the podcast. So we might want to talk to you, but you need to contact us first. On that note, Harry, ciao. Ciao, Peter. The Sill Podcast is a Connecting Dots Media production available at thesillpodcast.com.